WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. There are four, no, there are five, by the way, large, unmarked, and unopened plastic bags of tortilla chips in the station kitchen area. Their origin and time of arrival is unknown. Sports Talk Saturday. If you've never smoked and you've only tried one maybe spoiled bag of tortilla chips, you might only pay $20 a month for health insurance. Not WGR. Be like Lou. He's on bag number two. (laughs) Sports Radio 550. I don't know if there's a show open that encapsulates the chaotic nature of Sports Talk Saturday these days than that one. You even got Big Lou in there on yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it just <laughs> it just shows the the inner fact the inner machinations of my mind are but an enigma. As a, as a carton of milk now spills in my head. <laughs> Yes, that is a Patrick's oh dumb reference right there. But, um, yeah, no, this is Sports Talk Saturday. You did a we, pretty good job on the Super Bowl broadcast. That is different. That was I know. a special edition Sports Talk Sunday. And I tried to use my jinxing powers for good, and they failed me. You're wrong about everything is what they say. <laughs> but that's the thing. I wasn't. I picked the Chiefs hoping I would be oh, wrong, mess right. with them. Dumb. And... You actually just pick correctly. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It's a and shame. I was like, okay, we'll make it even a defensive-ish struggle so that like we'll see a lot of points. Nope. That was one of the worst games I'd watched. And I'm not saying that just because the Chiefs won. I am talking objectively as a football fan. They did not bring us our best. No, no. At the end, overtime was overtime exciting, sure. But recency bias has a lot to do with I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. that first quarter and Horrible. second quarter... Awful football. They were terrible until Usher came out and started butt cheeks football. Yeah, Usher kind of rallied, rallied the troops, rallied the troops, and uh, <laughs> got them actually to play football again. Yeah, and even his show was all like meh. Yeah, at yeah. best, it was middling. Yeah, it was like yeah. about a six point five until Little John and Alicia Keys and all them started showing up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. The the my favorite Super Bowl halftime show. To date is the Dr. Dre one. Oh my God, that one was easily the best. That's that's my favorite one. All of the the music How they played was iconic. They switched through artists too, was... and then Fifty Cent just drops from the ceiling. Yeah, but they and also he's hanging upside down. Yeah, but like, <laughs> seriously, they that one was still easily the best one. But yeah. also that game was also pretty good. Yeah, this no, that was one of the worst football games I had seen in a while. And um, I'm a Bills fan. I know what bad football can look like. Yeah, I watched entire drought year. I watched Bill. No, like this year, I watched Bills versus Giants. Oh yeah, I've seen bad football. We've seen it together. We've seen it together. <laughs> We've suffered together. Out in the newsroom. Yes, we have. It's been painful. We even, you know, what we did together? We watched Andy's bedrooms broadcast of Jags Falcons. We did when we were here yes, early we at did. nine a.m. for the London coverage or something like that. No, they were already playing. They in were London. already playing in London. It we was... were here for Bills game day stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's a bad game. Breakfast with the Bills. That's what we were doing yep. that day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Trying to get people to set their lineups for uh, for a London game in Andy's bedroom. Yep. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That I, was actually very entertaining. I'm sorry it was. Like, I, I wish they did. Like, the Nickelodeon broadcast was even far better. That was funny. I, I tuned in a couple times just to hear what they were saying, but they had SpongeBob and Patrick on the screen the whole time. And he didn't firmly grasp it. Yeah, yeah. 
It's just it was it was but too like, funny. There, were, there was a lot of sloppy football, a lot of fumbles, a lot of just bad plays, mm-hmm. and just yeah, it was just bad football. I didn't like it. It was it was met at best, and the only reason I had to the only reason I watched it was because I felt like I had to. Well, San Francisco also just was like, all right, we're gonna run the ball with McCaffrey. The first half they were killing the Chiefs with it, and then the second half, all right, we're gonna pull a Baltimore. We're gonna revert the game plan to passing. No, he pulled a Kyle Shanahan again. Yeah. Hey, I've got a double digit lead in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I'm gonna throw the yeah. ball. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Kyle. He did, he did his own thing. Kyle. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. You what? You were you would have won. He would have won. Mm-hmm. Cuz you would have been running Again. clock. Yeah. Against the dynasty. Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop creating dynasties, Kyle. When Zach and I have been talking the past couple days, he was mentioning are the Niners the new Bills of the 90s? Because it's kind of flipped power-wise. The NFC was the powerhouse of that era of football and the AFC was the lesser side of it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Now the NFC is the lesser side of it, and the AFC is the powerhouse, and the Niners keep going, but falling in like horrible fashion to the dynasty. Right. I know it's not four consecutively, but are they the? It, it's the Niners, the Lions, like like the Cowboys are a joke. Yeah, the, the Eagles, Cowboys can't take seriously. No, the, the Eagles, Eagles dropped fell off. apart. Yeah, the Eagles could, fell off the Matt Patricia Canyon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I could compare them to the early two thousands Eagles. Yes, that's not bad the either. Andy Reid Eagles. Yes, I, I think that's a better comparison than yes, because the they constantly Eagles. were like they occasionally made the Super Bowl, but they were always faltering in the big moments. Yeah, typically the NFC Championship game, but then they would make the Super Bowl, they would fall short, and mm-hmm. it just yeah, no, they're. Also they're, to a dynasty. Yeah. They're, they're depressing. Yeah. But Kyle, I, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's addicted to losing to dynasties and helping establish them mm-hmm. or reestablish them. Yeah. Offense coordinator with Atlanta. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, For, my gosh. And then I each forgot of about these, that. And then the, each of these uh, Niners losses to start it and to kind of establish it. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. I forgot he gave Matt Ryan his one season of like, oh my god, this guy's for real, and then moved on and. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. He's I I got to give it to him He's though. He's becoming a madman, and I don't know if we should trust him anymore. <laughs> I know, but his schemes are kind of insanely his schemes good. Schemes are great. Yeah, but it's just you got to stop creating dynasties that we hate, Kyle. Why aren't you doing this for the like when you face the Bills? Yeah. When was the last time they did? 2020 season. Yes. Oh, yes. Zach Moss got injured in that game, but they lit up the 49ers. That is right. I and that was that. when Kyle Shanahan was like, I need a Josh Allen and drafted Trey Lance. <laughs> and, and then got rid of him within three years. And also, while he was on the roster, said to his staff, Brock Purdy is going to be our best quarterback. Kyle. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is uh, th- this is really just one of those weird tangents now that we're going on. I know it, it's Kyle a rabbit Shanahan, hole. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and uh, we're going to talk to Todd Callen in a couple moments about Niagara men's basketball. Yeah, as uplift well. the conversation from kind of get a little fun with it. Yeah, but to a team that's prevailing. Yeah, a team that is thriving mm-hmm. and uh, and having some fun along the way. And we get to hear a lot of that fun courtesy of Todd or Pat Malcaro. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll do a fantastic job. I produce a lot of those games. It's like I'm getting a picture painted for me. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I don't have a TV in front of me. 
And I, I'm, but I'm it's an excitable picture yeah. though too. Todd, yeah. Ty can elevate it with the best. Oh yeah, love that man. So, but again, the big thing though with this, with the Bills is becoming, what can they do to break through? And honestly, I don't know the answer, because at some point it's just to me. And I don't know how arrogant this is for a team that constantly is losing in the divisional round, but it's also losing the divisional round to the AFC Championship champions at minimum, who you play really well. Like I'm sorry, you do. Like, like I'm including, and I know that's I'm including not... the Cincy loss in there, but they were an AFC champion. Yeah. along the way, that's the one game you they can represent... say the Bills the didn't Bills play well. The Bills keep losing to the Super Bowl representatives. That's the thing. So it's not like they're truly behind. It's honestly. I don't know if you just need a little bit of more luck or you just need to – I don't know. Luck is something that's because not talked about enough. Luck is not talked about enough, but it's also not measurable. Mm-hmm. And when when you're talking about sports, you oftentimes look at measurables. You look at statistics. You look at advanced stats. You look Crunch at everything else of the sort. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, – that – you got to go ahead and think about these things of, hey, what what can the Bills do? And I honestly, I don't know the answer. I don't know. It's a big, fat question mark sitting in front of your face right now. Like, that's truly what it is. And the way you look at their the draft, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely chat about it at some point over the next – We've got an entire offseason to we, talk about yeah, the draft. The draft, the draft mock drafts have gone full speed ahead. You should see that. 68 days. 68 days? Yes. Almost nice. Evan, Evan did the uh, – yeah, almost nice. That's right, yeah. Evan did the math before the show. Yep. And, and uh, we've got the picture of the train up the, there. The train, yeah. Yep. That's perfect. But, yeah, this is just – but the, the answer becomes I don't know anymore because of how well they typically play in those games. Anytime the Bills and Chiefs are playing now, it is becoming an instant classic. Yeah, it is. Every game is so entertaining to the max. Outside of the AFC Championship game in twenty twenty, in the twenty twenty season into twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, that's the only one that was like, okay, yeah, you just weren't there. Yeah, you the weren't Bills there. weren't there. They were not there, there yet. yet at all. You've yeah. shown up. You just haven't arrived. Mm-hmm. And then the next year they arrived and then... fell short. Then, and they arrive, then, then a certain time frame nobody likes to talk about anymore. Yeah. Honey, how much time is left on that uh, on that food in the microwave? Oh, 13 seconds. Ah! Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's that's essentially it. I can't ugh. And we're just going to awkwardly fumble and bumble our way now to poor Todd Callen. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Callen joining us on the West Her Hotline as Niagara men's basketball is coming off of a nice win, and uh, they get to play again tomorrow. You'll be able to hear that game right here on WGR. Todd, the Purple Eagles are, uh, I have to offer a correction here, they're tied for second in the conference, (laughs) if I am not mistaken. Yep, exactly right. Uh, Big win last night. Good to be on with you guys, first of all. Thanks thanks so much for including me. Uh, Nine and five, three-way tie for second with Fairfield, who Niagara beat last night to sweep the series. And Marist also at 9-5. and five. Niagara owns the tiebreakers. If the season ended today, it doesn't because we're going to be on the air tomorrow. But technically, Niagara is in second place. And I will say one thing before we go uh, much further. After the Bills-Chiefs 13-second debacle, in my tribute to that game, whenever the shot clock was at 13 seconds, I would say there is 12 plus one second remaining on the shot clock just <laughs> because it was too soon at that point. 
That's fantastic. I don't do it anymore, but the rest of that season, <laughs> 12 plus one seconds remain. Hey, you know, you, you got to make sure that, uh, that the people don't get uh, – they they don't have PTSD of any they, kind. They don't get yeah. worried about mm-hmm. how much time's left in the microwave of yeah. their uh, of their food cooking. Right. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. That was funny. But uh, really big win last night for Niagara. They continue to find different ways to win. And it's good. And and I'm looking through the rest of their season though. And they've played some pretty good teams relatively well though too. Like they hung in with Notre Dame to open the season. They they have managed to become this steady, consistent unit. Quinnipiac is at the top of the conference. They've played them well throughout the year. It's just one of these things. And Quinnipiac, I do believe, is the game that is coming up tomorrow. Yeah, 2 p.m. Yeah, exactly right. Tomorrow afternoon, one forty pregame, 2 o'clock tip. Uh, the Bobcats are number one in the league. They're tremendous. They just had a 10-game winning streak snapped last Sunday. They're 11-2 and in conference play, and it is – Best against best, if you will. They're six and zero at home in MAC play. The Purple Eagles six and zero on the road in MAC play, which is remarkable. And it is going to be a tall order this weekend. Has been Niagara, who came into action last night in third place, playing the two, the only teams that are ahead of them in the standings. Fairfield now we're ahead of them by virtue of the win last night, and everybody's looking up at Quinnipiac. They are loaded, but. Niagara seems to do it on the road. It was a heart-stopping win. Fairfield had a three at the buzzer that hit the back of the rim and clanked out, or else they would have won, and uh, I'd have a different recap. But uh, really looking forward to tomorrow. We were uh, shorthanded a little bit last night. Uh, Our four, our power forward, Yao Obang Mensa, was unable to play. He's day-to-day. I'm hoping tomorrow's that day, but uh, we'll see. Now, Todd, take me through this roster here of uh, the players that have been kind of helping this uh, resurgence of the Purple Eagles into this season. Uh, who are the players that you've been watching, and who are some of the guys that might be getting uh, all-conference honors as the season comes to its close? Yeah, that's, uh, it's the same answer for uh, those questions, at least to start. And Ahmad Henderson, the second, has been a revelation for the Purple Eagles. He is a true freshman. He's 5'9", 155 pounds. He looks like one of the team managers when you walk in the gym, and then the game starts, and you're like, this is a dynamic score. He's from uh, Brother Rice High School outside of Chicago, very good uh, scholastic league that he played in, and he has taken the league by storm. He is the four-time uh, Rookie of the Week winner. The MAC will honor a Rookie of the Week and Player of the Week each Monday afternoon, and Three weeks in a row, he won it four overall. I think he's a leading contender for Rookie of the Year. Um, he's shorter than everybody on the court, and he is fearless uh, and will take it down low. He can knock down a deep three at a couple of deep threes yesterday, and he will take it amongst the tall timber. I say during the broadcast, you'll probably hear it tomorrow, he didn't stick the landing, but it didn't matter because the ball went through the hoop. So uh, without question, Ahmad Henderson is is worth the price of admission. We have uh, a unique story in Braxton Bayless. Now, there is actually a player from last year. There's eight new players for the Purple Eagles this season, right? That is the landscape of the NCAA, whether it's mid-majors like the MAC that we're in or, you know, the Power 5 schools. The portal has made each year is a challenge for the play-by-play guy, I'll say, at the beginning of the year, right? Eight to ten new guys. Um, But Braxton Bayless is one of the returners for Niagara. Great story there. I think he is in the running, maybe in the top two for sixth man of the year that the Mac will honor at the Mac tournament in, uh, in March. Braxton last year started this year. He's off the bench and is playing more minutes. He's scoring more points. And it's probably a tribute to the young man from Iowa to say, you are no longer starting and you're going to come off the bench, but you're going to impact the game 
even more. And it takes, I think, a special DNA to be able to handle that and take it in the right way. So uh, those two in the backcourt for sure. Uh, Harlan Obioha is Niagara's seven-footer back for his sophomore season. And when Harlan's not in foul trouble, and that has not been a concern lately, he is dominant. He can average a double-double. He's averaging under a double-double right now, but he's third in the league in rebounding. And uh, he's a handful, uh, no doubt about it. Then another transfer, uh, Luke Bumbleo, who came over from Ball State. He's another two-sport athlete, could have played college football uh, or college basketball. He picked basketball at Ball State. He is a perimeter marksman. Uh, three first-half threes yesterday. He had six at Syracuse. You mentioned the game earlier that Niagara did hang with Syracuse uh, for a while before eventually falling by a dozen. Five first-half threes for Luke. So if he's across midcourt, he feels he's in range. Um, it's uh, it's just a really exciting team. Dre Bullock is a guy that started yesterday that uh, I thought we were going to have another top-10 dunk. He's been on SportsCenter top-10 before for these highlight reel dunks. And uh, – Dre rocked the rim uh, a little bit last night as well. Todd, that is perfect. You mentioned um, Quinnipiac had an 11-game winning streak, uh, just snapped recently. But uh, Niagara's coming in pretty hot here, too, winning six of their last eight and really being able to establish themselves uh, with this final push the last uh, six games here in conference play. It's really important. It is all for the seedings heading into Atlantic City. Um, if you're familiar with it, you guys are, but uh, top five out of the 11-team conference, top five get a bye. You don't have to play that pre-quarter final round, and that's pretty significant. Uh, one through five can take the day off while six through 11 all play to battle and then play the next day. So if you can get in that top five, uh, that is what you're gearing for. I'm talking about how Niagara tied for second um, and owns the tiebreakers, but tough game tomorrow. If they fall to nine and six, they could find themselves in fifth place still with uh, with five games left to go. So by no means is anything sewed up as being in the top uh, five in the conference. So they absolutely have to bring it um, every game, including tomorrow. Tomorrow they're going to take on um, a Quinnipiac club that has a gentleman, Savion Lewis, who has already broken the D1 record at Quinnipiac for assists in a season. He's third in the country. He has 177 assists in the Bobcats games this season. Second in the MAC. I looked this up before we came on. Second in the MAC is a um, gentleman from Manhattan. Savion Lewis has 62 more assists than Jaden Winston from Manhattan. Wow! So he is he is special. He is a pass first guy. Um, Quinnipiac beat us in overtime back at the Gallagher Center, and you have to go all the way back to December 3rd because it's a 20 game conference schedule. The MAC will stick two games in right in the beginning of December. And our fifth and sixth games of the year were home conference games against St. Peter's, uh, which we lost by five, and Quinnipiac, who we lost to in overtime. Really good game. But they're a different team. They've gone on a huge win streak since then. We're a different team as well. So really can't wait for round two tomorrow. But it will be as stiff a test as there's been all year in conference play. Todd, it is going to be fun to see what they are able to do to close out the season here and uh, get a little bit more of that Big Four excitement uh, back into everyone's bloodline as uh, the Sabres are just asleep at the wheel and the Bills season, of course, not ending in the way that we want. So why not get a little bit of that Big Four basketball action back to uh, to warm us up? Yeah, we are uh, anxious to fill that void. Love the fact they'll be on 
GR tomorrow during the game last night. I misspoke because I'm used to Sunday afternoon. <laughs> We're at the other end of the dial, so oh, I'm yeah. glad to be on with you guys to, uh, as you've set the record straight, 140 pregame tomorrow and a 2 o'clock tip from Hamden, Connecticut, taking on the first-place Bobcats. Todd, I love being able to hear from you, man, and love even more to be able to talk to you, so thank you for uh, taking the time to be able to join us this afternoon. You got it, fellas. My pleasure. All right, that's Todd Kellen, Todd. Niagara play-by-play man on the West Her Hotline. The voice of the Purple Eagles. The voice of the Purple Eagles will take you through tomorrow's action against Quinnipiac. Again, 1.40 pregame right here on WGR, tip-off at 2. Yeah, and listen, they've been... I looked back. Yeah. They've won 10 of their last 13. They're pretty damn hot themselves. The ones they don't win... They're close. They're very. They're extremely close. It's like an overtime loss. I don't know, you lost know, like, by three? Yeah. And, like, Siena, you lost by single digits. Quinnipiac, again, you lost in overtime. I you mean, held tight with teams like Syracuse and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, you're, you're right there. Like, you're right there. And that's what's exciting, too. I, I, it does give you that little bit of hope, splash of hope. In the despair of both seasons for the professional teams being done, you know what I yeah. mean. So and this I mean, will be really cool. Yeah. The other thing though is like when it comes to Big Four basketball, it's kind of Niagara being that team right now. Yeah. Uh, hanging in their conference because St. Bonaventure six in the Atlantic Ten. UB, <laughs> UB is, is not yeah, the not. same program that they were. No. And yeah, they're three and twenty-one overall. Oh, I did not know it was that bad. Yeah, I do have to go produce a game for them. Yeah, and Canisius, obviously, in the uh, in the same conference, uh, they're hanging near the bottom. Yeah. So when it comes to Big Four, it's kind of Niagara this year. They're running the table. They're the ones running the show this mm-hmm. year, and that's pretty cool because oftentimes it's not them. It's usually been UB or Bond adventure. Right. And but they've got a great coach, Greg Paulus. He really yeah. he's put it put it together over there. So yeah, it's it's cool. I went to a game in person, the one I wasn't working, yep. against Maris when they uh they jumped on the court and, you know, uh it was it was it was pretty cool. It was a great game to watch, that's for sure. But even their non-conference schedule, they've played tough against some higher competition teams. Yes. Yeah. So, and hung with them. And hung with them for most of games. Like you lost by 12 to Syracuse. You lost you lost only by 7 to Notre Dame to start the year. Mm-hmm. That's to start the year. Yeah, to Notre Dame. Yeah, like, that's a team honest, that Notre usually Dame. gets to the tourney. Yeah. So this is going to be pretty cool to see Niagara and see if they can fight for their chance to uh, to make the show themselves. Obviously, with a conference like the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Yeah, there's two Macs around here. Yeah, yeah. so I have to make sure I say the right one. <laughs> I'm not going to be obnoxious and go, the Mac. Yeah, the uh, Mac. The Mac. Uh, no, it's the, <laughs> the, it, the Metro. In the Metro, you have to win it. Mm-hmm. To get there. Yeah. And that's oftentimes why we see Quinnipiac in the tournament. They're the team that typically comes out on top. Or you see every now and then it's a St. Peter's or an Iona. Um, but I would love for it to be Niagara. That'd be fantastic. Just to get that representation again. Because I remember it was a couple of years ago um, when we saw like this mass chaos amongst the uh, amongst the big four teams. And... Um, all four of them are kind of like shining in their own ways. Canisius and Niagara were fighting in the Metro. Uh, Bonaventure was taking the A-10. Uh, and UB was going to get it as an at-large no matter what. Right. And UB beats Arizona. That was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Was that with Nate Oates? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like that was that was yeah. still one of like the peak years of Big Four basketball in recent memory was just – and it got peaked up with 
hey, you even won against attorney favorite, mm-hmm. so to say, and one of the best players in college basketball against DeAndre Ayton before he got drafted by the Suns. Right. So, like, man. It was it was a time. It was, it was a, time. a time. Yeah. A hell of a time. And I would <laughs> we need to see more of that with Big Four basketball. Niagara's uh, giving us to, our first taste. It, Niagara's the one giving the only taste this right year. Right now, yeah. Right now it's a stale donut from the others. It is. It's a crunchy, stale bite of a donut from the rest. But Niagara is the fresh fridge donut. <laughs> uh, what an analogy today. <laughs> I, I come rushing in here at 10.55. I see a donut and I make a mistake. <laughs> and it's and it's the show's Change the course of the show it's today. It's the show's theme today. Mm-hmm. Crunchy donut. <laughs> Can't wait for how these are named on our website at WGR550.com. I know. All right. We'll take a break. <laughs> We're a little later than usual, but we'll come back. We'll uh, we'll hit a bit more on, uh, I guess, our random musings around the NFL. Uh, of course, Booty Cheek of the Week at the end of the hour. And then I'll be having Brayton Wilson in here as we go more in-depth with the Sabres, what's been going wrong with this team. What do we need to expect for them to get better other than just fix the power play and screaming that from a mountaintop? All that and more coming up here as Sports Talk Saturday continues on right here on WGR.